You have, obviously, uh, the ongoing turmoil within the Democratic Party. 17, 17 people have said they are going to vote against Nancy Pelosi. That 17 sounds like it's growing. So that's interesting. But you also have, you also have uh, one Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, who already, already forced the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, forced him to uh, increase the minimum wage for Amazon workers. Well, apparently, Bernie's not resting. Bernie's not resting. He's not waiting. Bernie's taking action because that's what Bernie does. So, so, Bernie Sanders has now decided to turn his turn his ire to Walmart. No notification again. YouTube at its best. Yeah, we've been noticing that. YouTube. Uh, let's just say YouTube mm, is basically screwing my channel and a lot of other channels. They Make sure you know if CNN and those kinds of videos are up if you subscribe to those channels. Channels like mine, not necessarily. So, you know, it's always interesting because we always start. We just passed 22,000 subscribers on this channel. So thank you very much to everybody who has subscribed. That's 22,000 subscribers. When did we launch? Last week of of February. So we've gotten 22,000 subscribers in eight months. Yet, as we grow in subscribers... Each time I go live, it's, it, it like trickles. You start with two viewers, then you go to five, then you go to 10, then it stays at 10 for a little bit, then you go to, then it might go to 15. Then all of a sudden it starts going up gradually because YouTube does not notify subscribers. They notify some, they don't notify others. Some get a notification a half hour into a live stream. Some get a notification an hour after a live stream. Some get a notification the next day, Ty, our photojournalist, uh, editor, cameraman, all that, who will be live tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern. Ty's going to be going live on this channel more often. Ty barely gets, barely gets notifications when I'm live. That's why he calls me all the time while I'm live. Sam, uh, who's operating the live chat, she didn't get a notification. And she is with us. Sam Oser down in Houston doing God's work. And she put the GoFundMe link in there. We'll have an update on the GoFundMe. And also, mark your calendars. I'm doing another Sunday Super Chat slash GoFundMe chat. I'll be live Sunday at noon Eastern. The first Sunday that we did this, I went live for seven and a half hours. I don't know if that's good for me to do again for humanity's sake. But I'm definitely going live this Sunday, 12 o'clock Eastern time. We'll have some special interviews and things like that. It's all to raise money for the Super Chat. And it's all to raise money for the GoFundMe. So... And let's show you where we're at with the GoFundMe uh, before we get to the first story of the day. We're at 20255 bucks. Thank you to Anonymous. An anonymous person just contributed $100 uh, right before we went live. So thank you to that anonymous person. And as a reminder, folks, if, if you're sleeping, if you, if, you, if you haven't seen the GoFundMe, there's a lot of goodies you'll get with those contributions. That backpack is a little more. Uh, we're gonna give, give backpacks away uh, to people who have contributed $250 or more. In that backpack, you'll get signed goodies like the pens, the bottles. That white little bag over there, uh, that's gonna be 200. And you can get a status quo hat or shirt for 100. You'll get a hat and shirt for 127. Jen has already started sending out. 
uh, some, some of these to the first people who donated. So keep it coming on the GoFundMe or the Super Chat. Uh, we prefer GoFundMe, but obviously uh, resource, support is support, even if it comes in the Super Chat. So Bernie Sanders. Oh, it's, it's my birthday today for my birthday. Get, back, get Jordan back in the field. Everybody sing a happy birthday to Sam. She is uh, operating the live chat. Sam was with me at my nonprofit before Status Coup, and she's with us here at Status Coup. She is 25 years young, I think. I don't know how old you are. I think 25. Uh, congratulations, if, if, uh, if that's right. Sam is uh, she's someone who fights the oligarchy down in Houston, and boy, is Houston corrupt. Ugh, Texas. Texas really needs to... Texas needs reform. Let's put it that way. 25th birthday, that's a big one. So, we'll wish, and all Sam wants for her birthday is us to get back in the field. Isn't that nice? She doesn't want anything for herself. She wants the status quo. So, Bernie Sanders, he's not stopping. He's not stopping at Amazon. And by the way, we need to take on Amazon some more. It's not enough, the $15 minimum wage. They still treat their workers like it's it's the Hunger Games movie. So, Bernie Sanders, uh, along with Ro Khanna, is now uh, creating a bill to take on Walmart. Amen to that. Senator Sanders, who has waged a relentless campaign against large corporations in an effort to raise wages for their workers, is now focusing attention on Walmart. The Stop Walmart Act, introduced Thursday with Congressman Ro Khanna, would prohibit large employers from buying back stocks until they pay all employees at least $10 an hour, allow employees to earn up to seven days paid sick leave, and ensure that CEO compensation is not more than 150 times the median pay of all employees. Can you imagine that? Like you have to put into a bill that worker CEOs' uh, wages cannot be more than 150 times their workers? You know, in the 1950s or 60s, it was more like 15 to 20 times your workers. Now it's 150 times your workers. I digress. Quote, the American people understand that there is something totally absurd, that you have large profitable corporations who make billions of dollars a year in profit who pay their workers starvation wages, Sanders said in a call with reporters, while at the same time providing their CEOs with very high compensation packages. When we talk about corporate greed in this country, I think it's fair to say that Walmart becomes the poster child. Amen. Sanders and Khanna pointed out that Walmart made more than one, made more than $13 billion in profits last year, with median worker pay being $19,177. $19,177? I don't know who's living off of that per year. It's hard to live off that if you're single. Additionally, they noted the Walton family has a net worth of around $180 billion and owns about 50% of its stock. Walmart announced earlier this year that it was planning on raising, raising its starting wage to $11 an hour following the passage of the Republican tax reform measure. Tax reform. Yeah, before they gave, you know, billions in stock buybacks. In August, Sanders introduced a similar piece of legislation focused on Amazon. Quote, while tens of thousands of Walmart workers are struggling to survive, Alice Walton had no problem amassing a private art collection worth half a billion dollars. Half a billion dollars, this woman's art collection, while her workers starve. Enough is enough. The time is long overdue for the Walton family to pay its workers a living wage. If large profitable corporations like Amazon and Disney could pay all of their workers a minimum wage of at least $15 an hour, so can Walmart. 
Bernie, Bernie. I mean, there's a few things to this. Number one, uh, this wasn't a focus of the Amazon, uh, the fight against Amazon. And press the share button. Let's get this out to more people. Unfortunately, unfortunately, YouTube uh, has been throttling the channel even more, which, I, which I've started to see when I look at the data of the channel. So it, it almost seems like when YouTube is, once the channel is clicking and subscribers are growing quicker and views are growing quicker, boom, they go after you. Some videos are getting like 100 views, which there's no reason for that when you have 22,000 subscribers. So we need each person watching, share the video, get it out to as many people as you can, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, share it to the world. So what I find interesting about this, Bernie and uh, Congressman Khanna, when they went after um, Amazon, they did not specifically go after uh, stock buybacks. And that is basically what Trump's tax cut allowed. So in 2004, for example, George W. Bush did the uh, Repatriation Act, which he allowed companies like Walmart and other companies to bring back their profits from offshore to the United States at a one-time temporary um, low tax of 5% under, the, under the, 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 the facade, the charade, that they were going to take the savings and hire more people. What did they actually do? They gave their stock, they gave their shareholders buybacks. So basically their shareholders made more money. So Trump's tax cuts, the same BS has been talked about, that if we just give these corporations like Walmart, if we just give these mega, mega monopolies like Walmart and Amazon huge tax cuts, jobs are going to rain out of the sky. Everything's going to be just wonderful. Well, jobs did not rain out of the sky. Uh, Workers got like a one-time bonus in some cases for $1,000, which after taxes is not that much. And the CEOs and the shareholders were able to buy more yachts. It's free money for the rich. Because as I always told, as I always tell you, we already live in a socialist country. It's a socialist country for the rich. And that's what I'm about to tell you. Because these tax cuts for wealthy people don't pay for themselves. We're paying for them. Which I'm about to show you in the case of Amazon after we talk Bernie. So now they're going after... uh, the stock buybacks portion of this, which I really like. So let me read that to you one more time. Daily Beast, Daily Beast, Bernie, Bernie Walmart. So in the proposed bill, they would have to pay their workers $15 an hour allow employees to earn up to seven days of sick leave, ensure that CEO compensation is not more than 150, 150 times the median pay of all employees, and also would prohibit large employers from, from buying back stock until they, play, until they pay their workers $15 an hour. Because that's where these tax cuts are going. It's, to go, it's so their shareholders can buy back the stock. It's called stock buybacks. So I like it. And by the way, if this ever got to the floor, first it would have to go through Nancy Pelosi as speaker, which I don't know if that's going to happen because she takes money from Walmart. The Democratic Party takes money from companies like Walmart. But if it did, let the Republicans argue. Let the Republican argue that CEOs should make 150 times the pay of their workers. That's not even popular among Republicans. That's not even popular among Republicans. So I think this is great. I also think... I also think if you're looking at 2020, right, 
the media is going out of its way in every article they write about 20 to like put Bernie at the bottom. They want to put Joe Biden. They want to put uh, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Kirsten Gillibrand, and all of the centrists, all of the Republican lights. That's who they want to catapult up to like front row of 2020. But I think Bernie's fight against Walmart is equal to, if not more important, than the fight against Amazon and the fight that he was involved with against Disney to pay their workers $15 an hour. Thank you, Kelly, who just donated $5 to our GoFundMe. Keep it coming, baby. Keep that GoFundMe contributions coming. Because think about it. What has Kamala Harris done? What has Cory Booker done? What has Kirsten Gillibrand done? What have any of these people done? What has Joe Biden done? Other than voting for NAFTA, the Iraq war, deregulating the, deregulating the banking industry, pushing, drafting the crime bill, which disproportionately jailed African-Americans at an insane rate, voting for welfare reform. So as far as I could see, if Bernie Sanders, while not, he didn't, he didn't push it through legislation, he pushed it through outside pressure. If Bernie Sanders can put on the scoreboard, I got Disney to raise it. Well, it's not, it wasn't just Bernie, but I was instrumental in Disney raising their wages. I made Jeff Bezos and Amazon raise those wages. And I also pushed Walmart, which is the face of corporate welfare and has been for a long time, to push their minimum wage. That's pretty impressive. And by the way, Republicans like that too. There's a lot of Republicans who don't like the Waltons and, you know, Jeff Bezos and all these people making hundreds of billions of dollars off the backs of their workers. And by the way, not every person who works at Walmart and Amazon and these kind of companies are liberals. It's a lot of, you know, I don't want to be crass, but there's a lot of, uh, shall we say, redneck people that work at these places. Well, if you're watching, love you too. Paul says, Bernie is a boss. Seabear's life says, Bernie says, fuck our politicians. I'll do what I feel like I need to do and get shit done. Can I get an amen? And by the way, guys, when I curse, that means you super chat. Because as soon as I curse, this video gets demonetized. So feel free to super chat. Feel free to go fund me. And why I'm doing, why I'm spending my Sundays with you instead of lounging and relaxing. I haven't been sleeping well, so I do need to sleep. I'm spending my Sundays with you. Tune in noon Eastern this Sunday. I'm spending my Sundays with you because we need to raise a lot of money. We've got to raise money. We've raised, let's see where we're at now. We've raised 20,000, 20,260 bucks. Our goal by the end of November, that's 15 days, is 25,000. So we are not close, but we could get there. So I appreciate everyone who's been contributing. And by the way, by the way, I'm going on vacation December 1st. I was scheduled. If you, you want a little behind the scenes, folks? Do you want a little behind the scenes? I was scheduled to take two vacations last December. Uh, I had traveled and worked for three, two and a half years straight uh, with the Young Turks. So I was scheduled to basically take the whole month of December off. I was going to Cuba and I was going to Antigua. So two vacations I was planning on take because I needed the rest. Unfortunately, I, I was fired at, at that time. So I couldn't go on those vacations. I lost a little money not going, but you know, I saved, I couldn't have gone. So I'm going on vacation December and you know what would really put me at ease and I, as I lay in that hammock and drink that coconut rum? 
if we get to $25,000 on that GoFundMe. And I'm not taking my laptop on this trip, and I'm unplugging. You won't hear from me. You won't see me. Ty's going to be going live. Maybe Sam will be going live. Other people will be going live on this channel. I will be dead to the world. I, ho I hope. You know, I'm addicted to Twitter and all this stuff, so I'm going to try to unplug. We'll see. We'll see if it happens. So, I think, I think the reason Jeff Bezos caved, the reason Jeff Bezos has caved is not because of his humanitarianism. It's not because he woke up and saw the light and was like, oh my God, my workers can't eat. They can't put, they can't uh, clothe their children. They, you know, they can't get groceries. It was because corporate greedy people, the one thing they hate is being exposed as greedy, evil people. People like Jeff Bezos, people like the Walmarts, they shield themselves from accountability. They shield themselves from being actually examined for the greedy, evil. It's evil when you profit and you, and you re relax and you, you know, flourish and lavish yourself with, a, what was that? Alice Walton has a half a million dollar art collection. You know how much that half a million could go to for daycare for your, for your workers, for education for your workers? Thank you, Ruth. I, I don't know why I went blank, but thanks for the enjoy your vacation. So if Bernie Sanders shames Walmart, and I think he will, if you think he was tough on Amazon, get ready, folks. Get ready. And he put, he put out some tweets in addition. Let's see what Bernie had to say here. With over 1.4 million American workers, Walmart is by far our nation's largest private sector employer. It's also one of our nation's most aggressive anti-union companies with a long history of squelching any and all unionization efforts. That's important. The Walton family of Walmart makes more money in a few minutes than most of their workers make in a year. It's time for Walmart to respect the constitutional rights of their workers to form a union and to give all their workers at least $15 an hour with seven days of paid sick leave. Bernie is like a one-man media machine, so this ain't going to stop. He's going to keep on tweeting just like he kept on tweeting against Jeff Bezos. I wouldn't, it would not surprise me if you start seeing some protests outside, outside Walmarts. Wouldn't surprise me at all. So, what do you think? I think this is a very, very good way of delivering the change the progressive movement needs and going around the extremist Republican Congress, going around the neoliberal corrupt Democrats, and getting, getting stuff done for the American people. And by the way, you know what's a pretty damn good campaign line? You know it's a pretty good persuadable line? When you say, I, along with my grassroots army behind me, was able to get minimum wage increases for two of the largest companies in the world. Imagine what I could do with that grassroots army if president. It's a pretty good argument. It's a pretty good argument. And the other thing is, this is a winner not just among progressives. It's a winner among independents. It's a winner among some conservatives. There was a lot of conservatives at those Donald Trump rallies that liked them some Bernie Sanders. I say it all the time. Thank you, Andy, 499 in the super chat. This is a super chat, folks. I'm reminding you. This is a super chat. Thanks for keeping me independent and clothed and fed. 
I might even give my hat away as part of the GoFundMe. Although, you know, is that kind of weird? Would anybody want my hat? Kind of looks weird on my head. But this is a winner. I want Bernie standing on that. St- Kamala Harris, what did you do other than not charge Steve Mnuchin when you were Attorney General of California? Hey, Cory Booker, what did you do other than bow at the altar of Wall Street bankers? Kirsten Gillibrand, what have you done other than do private fundraisers with Wall Street bankers? I would know. I live in New York. I've talked to people who were there. If you weren't giving her money, she didn't want to talk to you. Joe Biden, what did you do other than vote for every disastrous policy in the 90s and push the Iraq war and vote for the Iraq war and draft the crime bill? What have you done? But Bernie can't do it on his own. It might not sound like anything, but the more social media pressure that comes, the more Bernie tweets, the more Bernie Facebooks, the more Bernie does live events. He's done a lot of live, uh, live streams over the, since he lost the election on specific topics like income inequality, on specific topics like Medicare for all. The more shame he puts on the Walton family with you backing him up, oh, and Sam could tell you because she's done some uh, reporting on the Walton family, those types of people do not like to be shamed. It keeps them up at night because then they have to look in the mirror and come to the realization that they are very, very scummy people. And they know they're scummy people, but they like being scummy people in silence. They like, being, they like their scumminess being protected and not out in the public. That's, that's what Jeff Bezos and the Waltons like. And Bernie's not going to let him. Bernie's not going to let him. So I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. Uh, from Bernie taking on Amazon, as I reported the other day, excuse me, uh, from Bernie taking on the Walmarts, the Walton family, as you know, Amazon just got the, I mean, I can't think of a greater sweetheart deal ever, really. I mean, Amazon's getting literally $3 billion to grace New York City, which definitely doesn't need Amazon, to grace um, the Virginia, which I don't know why Virginia needs Amazon either. $3 billion of taxpayer money going to Amazon. So as I always say to you, and I say to my father too, uh, who likes Donald Trump and watches Fox News, do you, do you think this money just comes out of, comes out of, our, comes out of people's assholes? Thank you, Ben. $1.99. I wish I could afford more. Afford more. I'm broke as fuck. Hey, Ben. $1.99 means a lot, especially that you're broke. That's what people need to understand. Even if you could only contribute like 3 bucks, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, all of that adds up. So don't be, there's no shame no matter what amount you leave. I've literally had people mail me like a $10 bill with a really nice letter. And sometimes that is... I mean, obviously, money is money, so the more the better. But sometimes you get a letter from people talking about how you're reporting and what we do here affects them, even with a $10 bill. Uh, and the actual letter is just as important as the cash. So I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Carolina. Ten bucks in the super chat. Thanks for all you do, Jordan. Thank you, Carolina, for appreciating that. By the way, I have an interview that we're going to play uh, part of it. After this segment, I interviewed uh, Harold Frazier, who's the chairman of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. Guess what? Even though that judge revoked 
that permit for Keystone XL pipeline and everybody's doing jumping jacks? Do you really think the oil company is going to listen to them? I have exclusive news to report to you tonight that they're still they're still doing the construction anyway. So we're going to play that interview in a little bit. So if you like the original reporting, keep it coming. So Amazon is getting this $3 billion deal. They're getting a helipad, a helipad built in New York City for Jeff Bezos. You know, New York City can't fix the subway, which is a humanitarian disaster. I could tell you because I write it every week. They can't fix the subway. They can't give, they can't improve schools. Can't, can't beef up, uh, you know, uh, nutrition programs uh, and homeless shelters. Can't do any of that. But we do have $3 billion for Amazon. We do have the money to build a, hel- a helipad for Amazon. I mean, it's insane. And by the way, I, I went to watch my nephew the other day and I was talking to my brother. My brother works in finance and he thinks this is fantastic. He says, Jordan, this is how you create jobs. When companies like Amazon comes in, you give them a tax incentive and they create jobs. I said, oh, John, my brother's a great guy. I love him. But, oh, you got to get out of your, your finance bubble. You got to get out of that finance bubble. Create jobs. Yeah, they're creating some good jobs, but the majority of their jobs are either part-time, seasonal. And those jobs that are being created, he keeps, oh, they're going to help the economy. Are they going to help the people up in Harlem? Are they going to help the people uh, poor, poor as fuck in parts of Brooklyn? Are they going to help some of the people, poor as fuck, upstate New York, who have contaminated water up there too? Please. If New York if New York has $3 billion to throw at Amazon, the subway could be fixed like that. So guess what? As I always tell you, and I hope you tell your friends this, tell your Republican uncle at Thanksgiving, tell your neoliberal auntie at Thanksgiving, who do you think's paying for these tax cuts? We already live in a socialist country. You know, everybody at Thanksgiving, the Republicans, oh, socialism. Make sure they understand we already live in a socialist country. And here's an example. You know who's paying in New York for Amazon to get a $3 billion tax subsidy? Well, right now it looks like people in New York City. This is the first domino. This is the first domino. MTA preparing another fare hike starting next year. Anybody find that convenient that this just came out the day after it was said that the Amazon is going to get a $3 billion tax subsidy. New Yorkers may have to start digging deep into their pockets to ride the subway starting this March when the MTA will likely raise fares by 4%. Quote, if we don't put in place the toll and fare increases we are projecting, deficits will incro- increase significantly, MTA Chief Financial Officer Robert Foran said. The fare increase would affect subways, buses, Metro North, Long Island Railroad, and bridge and tunnels. One proposal was to raise tolls on bridges and tunnels by 8%. When it comes to metro cards, the MTA, the MTA proposed increasing fare, base fare to $3. Right now, it's $2.75 to ride the subway. A 4.2% increase. As part of that deal, riders would now get a 10% bonus when buying a $6 metro card. The other option is to keep the base fare at $2.75, but to get rid of the 5% bonus strap hangers receive with a $5.50 purchase. Both proposals would bring in an additional $308 million annually. But even with that hike, the cash-strapped agency will still have a $1 billion deficit by 2020. 
The fare increase has been scheduled since 2009, but at a July meeting, board members wonder, wondered whether they could make up the revenue elsewhere instead of laying the burden on the backs of con- commuters. Oh, of course they wondered. At the meeting two, Thursday, some board members appeared to oppose the hike. Quote, I don't like any of the options, said board member Mitch, Mitchell Pally. Quote, the paying riders should have to shoulder more of a burden, added board member Larry Schwartz, who suggested the agency deal with fare evaders instead. Oh, shouldn't have to. Excuse me. So you might say, well, that's only going to raise $308 million. So Amazon's getting a $3 billion subsidy. So that doesn't that's not that's not all the money that's paying for it. Well, this is how socialism for the rich works. They get us to pay for it. He, they get us to pay for it by uh, waging raises, uh, raising hikes and price, price hikes on the subways and the buses. Then all of a sudden things get more, more expensive uh, where you live in upstate New York. The water bill gets more expensive. The electric bill gets more expensive. Uh, you know, city tax, uh, local taxes go up. Property taxes go up. Edward Klein says, late-stage capitalism. Couldn't have said it better myself. How in the world does New York State, and by the way, this is happening everywhere. It's not just New York State. How in the world is it that New York State has $3 billion in extra money lying around to give to Amazon, but you're going to wait, you're going to raise the wages. I keep saying wages. You're going to raise the prices for the subway, which by the way, if you live in New York City, you... You have to take the subway unless your job is like next to you. You have to take the subway. A, a, a monthly subway to, t- to t- get a monthly unlimited is almost $200. That's a lot of money for uh, people who are not making a lot of money with kids and they want to raise it more. So, quote, they, they are also taxing us to expand the freeways and they are adding tolls. Mr. Bridges says, yep. And by the way, the the bridge tolls in New York are out of control as it is. I think one bridge toll when I was driving into New York City once uh, in my parents' car was like $13. And they want to raise it. So this is about priorities. And let me tell you what the priority is because the government is exists to make the rich richer and give crumbs to the proletariat. That's what the government exists for. So you think if New York State, New York State is saying this, right? Here's two options. If you have $3 billion, let's bring in Amazon. We'll give them $3 billion and a helipad, and they're going to create 25,000 jobs. And those people that come into Amazon's new headquarters are going to stimulate business in the surrounding areas because there will be more people to go to lunch and buy sandwiches. There will be more people to go out to eat, to go to bars, to move into luxury apartment complexes nearby. That's the thought. So that's one way of doing it. And by the way, it doesn't always work out that way. And the other way of doing it is, hey, you know what? If we have $3 billion, let's put the money into education, retrofitting schools, uh, doing badly needed construction in schools. A lot of these schools in New York City have poor air conditioning, poor um, heating. A lot of these schools have textbooks from like decades ago that barely are legible anymore. Uh, We could be spending that money on better teachers. We could be spending that money on better after-school programs. We could be spending that money on... um, uh, 
educational resources. And when you better educate students, guess what happens? More students, more students are able to go to college uh, or get their grades up to get financial assistance. And when you're able to do that, guess what? You have a more educated workforce. And when you have a more educated workforce, not only do you have a better country, but you have a better economy. Oh, am I going to disappear if I use the pro proletariat? Hey, monkey, monkey liberty. If I disappear, make sure, make sure you tell the bourgeois, make sure you tell the proletariat. Make sure you tell the proletariat that I disappeared. Sal Ducci says, I got a question. Are all the cities who lost their bid for Amazon going to turn around and help the people with the money they were going to give to Amazon? They can't say they don't have the money. That is a really, really good point, Sal Ducci. They can't say they don't have the money. But no, they're not going to spend it on people. Ruth said, the jobs being created are shit jobs, part-time, low-paid work. You will not be spending di disposable income because there isn't any. That's where I disagree with because there is. Governments have the money. Governments have the money. The problem is they are spending that money by giving subsidies to oil companies, by giving subsidies to financial companies, by giving subsidies to pharmaceutical companies, by giving subsidies to real estate developers, and on and on and on. The government has the money. The problem is they are basically making sure that powerful interests don't have to pay any revenue. Why do they do that? Because those powerful interests pay for their campaigns. You want to look at Governor Andrew Cuomo's campaign donors? It's like a, it's like a hall of fame of corrupt special interests. Terrible. I mean, even the Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal, look at the headline from the Wall Street Journal, Amazon's golden fleecing. We rarely agree with socialist congresswoman-elect Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but she's right to call billions of dollars in taxpayer subsidies for Amazon extremely concerning. These handouts to one of the richest companies in the history of the world with an, essential, with an essentially zero cost of capital is crony capitalism at its worst. Uh... It's not crony capitalism. It's socialism for the rich. Don't call this capitalism. The actual, like, capitalism, when it's, what, it, what it's supposed to be, in theory, is not this. So, it's amazing. And by the way, not only is this Amazon deal not going to create the jobs it says it's going to create, it also pushes more poor people out of living in these communities. So you're going to build this big headquarters in, in Long Island City, Queens, and it's going to skyrocket the price of living. It's going to be more expensive to live in apartments. They're going to build condos, uh, luxury condos there, and people living there now are not going to be able to stay there. This is what is happening all over this country. It's happening in areas of Detroit. It's happening in area Flint. It's happening in Portland. It's happening in San Francisco. It's happening in Seattle. It's happening in Cleveland. It's happening. I mean, name, name where you're from. You're probably being gentrified and you're probably being squeezed to get out of there. It's, it's, a, it's a not so subtle Hunger Games. And remember, share this video. We got to share the video, get it out to as many people as possible. Unfortunately, YouTube doesn't like to notify everyone when I'm live or other progressives are live. Los Angeles too. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible.
So I'll follow up on Amazon. I'm also going to be following up on Bernie because I don't think Bernie, I don't think this is a one hit wonder or a one night stand with Bernie going after Walmart. I think he's going to be going after Walmart every single day. And I say better late than never. This should have been done years ago. Bernie Sanders made a great point when he was running for Congress, uh, excuse me, president. He was interviewed by that idiot Chris Matthews from MSNBC, and Chris Matthews said, well, what are you going to do if you become president? What are you going to do? You're going to have to deal with Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. How are you going to get any of your goodies done, as Chris Matthews said? Bernie said, no, Chris, I'm not going to go sit there. And he didn't say Obama, but I think he was a subtle dig at Obama. I'm not going to go sit there and negotiate with Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan. That's not the first thing I'm going to do. No, 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 no. I'm going to I'm going to go to Mitch and say, hey, look outside the window. Look at the thousands of people there that, that are going to vote you out because you're working against them. That is how you get pressure. Grass that press. That is how you get change. You enlist an army of grassroots activists and voters and supporters to finally light a fire under these corrupt, evil, crony capitalists. And by the way, I don't want to hear, oh, it's so wrong to go bother Ted Cruz when he's eating dinner with his wife. It's so terrible to protest outside Tucker Carlson. Well, Tucker Carlson is a different story. But we can't bother Ted Cruz when he's eating dinner with his wife. We can't bother Mitch McConnell when he's eating dinner with his wife. Hey, these people are trying to take away pre-existing conditions from people. They're trying to screw sick people. These people are standing by and giving more fuel to the... They're giving more matches to these fossil fuel companies to burn down the planet. I don't give a shit if they're eating dinner. Please. As long as you don't get in their personal space, uh, no violence, but you are an elected public service. You're an elected public servant. If you're working against the people that you're supposed to be representing, you're not entitled to a nice, lovely dinner. Because... You are invading our dinners and our life by working against us and lifting up the powerful. But nobody says anything about that. It's us. It's us. We can't bother them. Well, I say Bernie and his army, meaning you, should bother Walmart and should protest and should get up in these people's faces. Don't be violent. Don't invade people's personal space. This is peaceful. But make it so they can't act in evil, immoral ways as servants to greedy corporations without paying a price. Hey, I say move to the ocean, Cheryl. I'm I'm going to the ocean in December. I'm going to Central America for vacation. And by the way, I don't want you to get the wrong idea because I'm broke as fuck. I'm broke as fuck. I've been living off my very little savings. But I said to myself, you know what? Over the years, using my credit card, I accumulated points. I had 140,000 points, so I said the hell with it. I need a beach. I've had a rough, rough year, if you haven't noticed. And I'm going to lie on a hammock. I want to lie on a hammock, listen to Third Eye Blind, drink some coconut rum, and sleep for a few days. That's my plan. So... Uh, before I get to the new, next subject, if you weren't watching yesterday, we're doing a little bit. We're doing a little new thing here. We're going to be doing a 
um, something called This Is Your Brain on Corporate Media. This Is Your Brain on Corporate Media. So Colin, one of our editors, he's making these fun videos that show you the ridiculous, absurd coverage in corporate media compared to what we do. So we're going to be trying to do these videos every day. We would love it, love it, love it if you watch these videos, if you share these videos. Of course, we're also making these videos to help raise money to show you what we're doing versus what these fake journalists are doing. So here is the inaugural, inaugural edition of This Is Your Brain on Corporate Media. Hope you like it. Yeah, CNN correspondent Melissa Bell joins us now, uh, and she's watching those uh, protests expected to get started soon. Uh, what are you seeing now, Melissa? We have uh, the Trump baby. It's been flown here, especially uh, from London. It was, of course, uh, the uh, Trump baby that was on display. And you, you don't know what the actual lead levels were here. I mean, it's like, I almost want to cry, but it's like I let my kids drink it, and I drank it, my husband drank it. I don't, I don't mean to cry, but I don't know. Like, could I have not have gotten sick if I didn't, if I did it the right way, if I just paid for the sink myself, or, I don't know. It's too much, so right now you're not really getting treatment because you can't afford it. I can't afford, <laughs> can't afford nothing. It's not, the healthcare system just sucks. I could leave my husband and get healthcare, but So it kind of went from a more humorous beginning to a very serious, real end. Uh, if you've been following our reporting, we recently went to Flint, thanks to your GoFundMe contributions. And Amanda was one of dozens of residents, dozens of residents that Jen and I found had their water illegally tested by the state of Michigan. The state of Michigan went into people's homes, they ran their water, which is called flushing, right before taking a lead and copper sample, which is against the EPA's lead and copper rule. That regulation says you cannot run the water at all before you collect lead samples. Well, they did it because they were trying to artificially lower the lead samples. And Amanda, 35 years old, has thyroid cancer, un uh, spots on her kidney. Her immune system is too weak, so they haven't even been able to biopsy her kidneys yet and she got kicked off her health care because her husband apparently makes too much at $43,000 a year so she's not even getting follow-up treatment to see if she's whether she's in remission or not so we're gonna be doing those videos show you the absurd versus the reality of what's going in the mo going on in America show you the alternate reality that corporate media is creating versus what's actually happening so we hope uh, you could contribute either in Super Chat or the GoFundMe. That's why we're doing this, to raise more money so Ty and I could get back in the field and eventually hire, hire new reporters. It's a grassroots revolution. Some weeks we're growing like gangbusters and, you know, the GoFundMe is growing. And some weeks we're moving at a snail's pace. This week, honestly, we're moving at a snail's pace. <laughs> so we appreciate uh, everyone who's been supporting. Moving on, uh, earlier today I interviewed the chairman of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. The Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe is in South, their reservations in South Dakota. They were part of the No Dapple Standing Rock 
demonstration. So they were on the ground there, uh, the tribe, Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. The chairman was very active against the Dakota Access Pipeline. He has also, also been very active against the Keystone XL Pipeline because the Keystone XL Pipeline is going through. It's going, the pipeline is going just a little north uh, of their reservation in South Dakota. And if it spills, it would contaminate their water in addition to their sacred land. So when I saw the headline, oh, a federal judge has denied or revoked the permit that Trump gave to greenlight the Keystone XL pipeline, for a minute, everything was exciting. But I know enough about these pipelines that even when permits are not granted or permits are revoked, a lot of times these fossil fuel companies they don't like to listen, do they? Uh, even in Standing Rock, when they didn't have the pi- when they didn't have the final permit, Energy Transfer Partners they were still building, they were still building. So I decided to uh, interview Chairman Frazier. This is not the full interview. We're playing part of the interview today, and then for those of you that come back on Sunday for our marathon live stream at noon Eastern, mark it down. I'll be live noon Eastern this Sunday. Be there, or you're dead to me. Uh, so this is part of the interview, and he makes news. Chairman Frazier says they have not stopped uh, bringing in construction equipment, and they're acting as if the pipeline's still going down. So basically, they, they were already bringing in the construction equipment. They were already beginning pre-construction activities, and since the pipeline permit was stopped by a federal judge last week, they, has not, they have not stopped. So this is an important interview. Uh, uh, again, Chairman Harold Frazier. There was one minor hiccup because we're obviously doing this on the fly. I interviewed him over the phone, and he was in the car. And it se- in the beginning of the interview, it seems his car ignition kept going off. So you might hear a little beeping at times, but you could still hear what he's saying. So here's uh, here's Chairman Frazier. Obviously, uh, the permit being revoked seems like a temporary uh, victory. Uh, President Trump has uh, spoken about appealing that decision. Uh, how do you view this decision? Are, are you feeling cautiously optimistic or encouraging uh, water protectors to stay vigilant because this isn't, o- <clears throat> isn't over yet? Yeah, I, I think that's important. That everybody needs to stay, stay on their toes and just be ready for whatever is going to happen because, uh, matter of fact, I'm getting reports that even though they should stop, there's still a lot of movement here in South Dakota. As far as construction uh, equipment still yeah. coming in? Yep, yep. They're still moving and working like they have the permit and everything's all good. Yeah, we heard that during Standing Rock, despite uh, them not having final permits, things like that, that construction was still going on and things like that. Do you, do you worry that the, uh, the oil company is essentially just going to say to hell with it, we're going to continue operating and we'll pay the fine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's one, one of the things they're going to do is just keep going. And what's really sad because, you know, this is a court order. I mean, if you and I, you know, uh, went against it, we'd be sitting in jail. Right. Right. And I wanted to ask you, uh, obviously, your reservation is downstream from where uh, where the pipeline would go through. Kind of talk about, for Cheyenne River Sioux, what's at jeopardy? Is, is it just your water, uh, wildlife, uh, monuments? Can you kind of talk about uh, what would be affected if the pipeline went through your reservation? Well, I think first and foremost, the most damaging would be, you know, 
proposing to Cross was in one of our uh, one of our chief's last camps. Chief Bigfoot his last camp before he went to Wounded Knee, and then that pipeline is, is proposing to to go right to the camp. So that's something that you know we're not going to take. Right. And it seems to me, I mean, there's already talks of another tar sands pipeline uh, coming down the pipe. Uh, you also have uh, what's going on with Bears Ears Monument, where the Trump administration's essentially trying to shrink almost, I think it's 85 um, percent of that. It seems like a real uh, just brazen merger of these these fossil fuel companies and the government, more so than ever before. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, that's one of the things. I mean, I think a lot of our, uh, you know, trying to make everything uh, less dependent on foreign energy, but I don't know. They're just destroying everything, you know? Yeah. And uh, as far as your tribe, obviously, uh, the Standing Rock Sioux tribe, uh, very poor on that reservation. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the elders and a lot of uh, that tribe uh, was hit hard economically uh, as a result of uh, the pipeline protests and this. Can you kind of talk about? Let's say it is. Let's say that appeal were to be victorious uh, and the pipeline construction were able to begin. How would it impact your tribe as far as? Um, not just the water, but economically. I'm, I'm assuming, uh, like other tribes, poverty is a big problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, one of the things that, you know, we're, we're one of the tribes in South Dakota. We don't have a casino. And agriculture is our number one, you know, the only, really our only economy other than government services. So any damage done to the water or to our land, you, you know, we will have a major, you know, negative impact. Right now, that's all we have on China River is just agriculture. And you hear uh, President Trump spoke about that this was going to create, I think he said, 48,000 jobs. Uh, He said it was a political decision and a a disgrace, which he likes to say often. Uh, I don't know where he's getting this 48,000 jobs because President Obama's State Department, they said it would only only create 35 permanent jobs. What are your thoughts on uh, the the notion that this is a big, big job creator in South Dakota? Well, I mean, that's just like, you know, yeah, maybe initially, but after that pipeline for as far as capability, I mean, there ain't going to be much jobs. It's just something, you know, we question why they, they already did a route. Why did they stick with the same route and, you know, pump oil down that way? I mean, why come this another route? I mean, it's just going to be not beneficial to to really anybody that lives you know in that area maybe they're thinking of a long range plan where they're going to start trying to get oil from our reservations here in South Dakota right right and I mean that's what I mean I'm kind of speculating that because I don't trust them guys right and can you kind of talk about a lot of people don't realize during the negotiations uh, well, it's not really negotiations because these companies are basically doing whatever they want without consulting the tribes. But there's a lot of underhanded uh, activity and behavior by the oil companies, including refusing to provide you information, refusing to provide their spill models. Has TransCanada uh, been transparent at all through, through this process? 
uh, on uh, what they are, what what they're putting in to ensure there isn't a spill, which obviously they can't. What ha- what has been the communication between the tribe and TransCanada? Well, there really hasn't been not much at all. I mean, there's been some letter letter writing back and forth, but other than that, I have not uh, met or even seen any TransCanada. The other thing that's really alarming to me is, is the federal government, as far as the state department. I mean, you know, about a month ago, they wrote me a personal letter inviting me down to Lincoln, Nebraska, to talk about it. So I go down there, and all they have is posters set up. They said, if you have any comments, just write them down and leave them at the poster station. I, I, I thought that was a big slap in our face. I mean, I took time out of my time to go down there and I was prepared to, to talk. And, but yet, none of that happened. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you feel, you know, you have these pipeline companies that continually keep talking about energy independence and we need these pipelines, yet all of these pipelines, the same pattern, they're being sent to terminals in the Gulf or elsewhere and being exported internationally. So it's quite evident what they're doing. And it seems like they're basically using Native American reservations as essentially the dumping ground for this. Uh, what do you what do you say to the surrounding area? Because obviously South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, a lot of a lot of conservatives who think this is actually uh, good for energy independence. There you have it. That's the chairman of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe, uh, Harold Frazier. That's part of our interview. Uh, the rest of the interview will be up uh, on our live stream on Sunday. Um, the the rest of the interview, interview, by the way, you won't hear the beeping sounds, which is always, which is always good. So um, basically, he's saying they haven't stopped bringing in construction equipment here. They haven't stopped working on the pipeline. So how do, what do we do about that? Does a federal judge's ruling not matter? Apparently, oil companies don't have to follow the law. So if a federal judge says... You did not follow the proper environmental uh, steps for this to get this permit, which is what the federal judge said. What does that mean? What exactly does it mean? They could just blow it off? Or does it mean if they are doing construction, uh, they need there's going to be hell to pay if they're still, uh, and people are going to go to jail if they're blowing off a federal judge? Uh, I'll play you this clip. Uh, this is from... Tasina Sapawin. Tasina Sapawin. This is on Facebook, and she is showing you that they're still uh, basically moving in construction equipment and operating as if they have the final permit. Here we go. Uh, also, the North Coast River Alliance, where uh, they had filed, and the defendants were the United States Department of State, Trans Canada, Keystone Pipeline, and Trans Canada Corporation. And the judge had granted uh, this this uh, this injunctive relief and had stated that all operations related to Keystone XL operations must stop. We are here. I will flip it around to you. Right here, there is a heavy excavator. We are outside the man camp, and right over here, we can't get a really good view of it because they went once we started recording. Um, they, they pulled their trucks over there, so it's kind of out of view. 
but there is a pipeline worker on site. He has a green vest. Uh, right now, it is currently 4.43 Mountain Standard Time, uh, just north of Phillip on Highway 43, or 34, or I can't remember <laughs> which highway, sorry. Um, and right over here, if you can see where I'm pointing at, right above my finger is a row that goes west of heavy machinery equipment. I mean, like, just, like, a bunch. There's, like, ten of them. There's bulldozers. There's, uh, what looks to be, like, uh, I can't really tell. We can't get in there because currently they have now posted keep out private, uh, private property signs just right here and right here. Um, but they have not halted construction, or they have not halted any operations uh, regarding Keystone XL pipeline. The let me try to get out here. Get a good view of it. Yeah, see, they went way beyond. They are way over there, um, just past the way here. There's a big old fence here, and. Their gate is open right there. You can see the gate. The gate is open. They are in there, and I once we pulled up and we started recording, they went into the gate with their truck, and then once they went into the gate with their truck, they uh, they turned this way and they followed it on out over here. So they're they're in back here. A, a, a what do you call it? A pipeline truck. One of those white. Uh, vehicles that they like to drive around. It's one of their work trucks. And uh, there was about uh, two more other vehicles. But once they saw us, they cleared out of the way. They went beyond the horizon here, and we, we lost sight of them. We drove on down this way to see if we could get a good shot of them, but we, we failed to do so. Just over the ridge here, you can kind of see it. It's the top of a trailer, uh, a, a semi-truck trailer. Um... But let me try to get more over here. See, here's the... I wish my phone was better. Um, here is the row of heavy machinery that they just brought in. Just last week on Thursday and Friday, we had folks out here um, checking it out, seeing if they halted halted their operations. It looked like they, had, they hadn't touched anything. Well, today we came at an unusual time, like at, an, at the end of the work day. And... They brought in a whole bunch. I mean, like, see how it kind of stretches out like that? The farther I go this way, there's about 10 or 11 what looks to be like uh, bulldozers, bobcats, uh, excavators. Here's a, heavy, here's a heavy digger right here. I, I'm going to try to, right there, right next to the, right next to the two, um, trailers here but they haven't halted they don't they refuse to listen to the law they refuse to halt and they feel like they are above the law this is a disgrace this is a blatant disregard to not only the treaties and our water our our land our rights our fishing rights our hunting rights this is a blatant disregard to also the federal judge in montana where he had uh, said and had granted an injunctive relief in halting all construction and operations related to Keystone XL pipeline. So there you have it. She's on the ground. Frankly, I'd love to be there. Go fund me.
would love to be there with Ty to hold the oil company accountable and to expose the fact that they are blowing off a federal judge. Because why would a fossil fuel company listen to a judge? They've bought off the federal government. So their judge is the politicians they bought off. So from everything, uh, Tasina, sorry if I butchered her name, Tasina Sapowin has said they are actively bringing in construction equipment as recently as today. As recently as today, they're bringing in equipment to, they're not, they're not playing Twister with construction equipment. They are working on building the pipeline. Now, pipeline construction hasn't begun, but before you start digging the trenches and things like that, you have to bring in equipment. There's other uh, pre-construction activities that need to be done uh, for all pipelines. So a federal judge said, you must halt all activities, operations. Well, why is the gate open? Why are there construction crews out there? Why are there trucks out there? Why are they bringing equipment in? I mean, I think it's safe to say you probably don't have much media in South Dakota. Jesus, the sirens today are out of control. Everywhere. Uh, as soon as I went live, there's been sirens like crazy. Maybe it's Dapple. Maybe it's Tiger Swan. I don't know. But why... They're obviously not following this federal judge's ruling. Because if they were, that gate would be closed. There would not be crews out there. There would not be anything out there. So that's very, very disturbing. Uh, Paul says these oil companies would kill Earth for money. They are killing Earth for money. So uh, the, I'll play the rest of that interview with Chairman Fraser on Sunday during my marathon live stream. Um, they cover covert white rabbit says they know eventually the appeals will reach a republican appointed stooge who will rule in their favor no point in stopping yeah you have a point see these oil companies like eh, you know what are they going to pay like a hundred million dollar fine if that that's pennies to them compared to the billions and billions of dollars they're making off of these pipelines off of the carcass off of our carcass after off of the native americans land and in the rest of the interview that i didn't play I mean, Chairman Fraser makes a very good point that President Trump, he wants to keep these foreigners out of the country, yet totally fine doing business with these foreign oil companies. Totally fine sending our, sending our na- na- the, natural re- the natural resources that they're basically stealing from these Native American, re- um, these Native American reservations to, foreign, to foreigners. Those foreigners just can't come in. So we're okay making money by sending stuff sending uh, resources to foreigners, but we just won't have foreigners come into our country. It's really sick. It's really sick what's going on. So again, I'll play the rest of that interview on Sunday, 12 o'clock Eastern. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern, Ty will be live. If you've you've noticed, Ty has gone live twice this week. He's going to start going live more often. So definitely set your calendar, 1 o'clock tomorrow, he'll be live. I'll be live tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Hopefully I sleep tonight because I haven't been sleeping well, which sucks. Um, there's other, a lot of other stories to get to, but I don't have time to do it today. And remember, remember, really, really actively trying to grow this GoFundMe. Very hard to keep the urgency up. I understand that. Uh, it's remarkable that we've raised $20,260. 
Uh, if we get to $25,000 by the end of November, we'll definitely have a little more of a cushion to get back in the field and stay out in the field for a little bit. But these field trips cost a lot of money. We're also working in the background to try and get more traction on the major Flint story that we just broke uh, that shows the state of Michigan has cheated on that water testing. So we'll hopefully have more information for you on that as we go. And uh, again, if you can contribute, uh, if you can't, definitely, definitely share this GoFundMe to as many people as you can. And also on Sunday, I want to do a much, much expanded Q&A. So Sunday, when we do the uh, Super Chat Sunday Marathon, I'd like to do Q&A with you for as long as you'd like. Ask me questions, comments, concerns. Bring your story ideas because we, we definitely need story ideas. As I always tell the audience, we get a lot of our I, I get a lot of the stories I cover from you, the audience, because I don't know what's going on in your neck of the woods. I'm not there. So definitely, definitely keep sending. And to those of you who have been emailing me and then follow up with me that you're emailing me, I see your emails, but I, I get a lot of emails and I have a lot of stuff I go through. So I'm not ignoring you. I uh, can't get to every single story you send, but I'll, I'll do, my, do my darndest. So thank you. Thank you for watching. And as always... Most people are not lacking compassion in this country. Most people have no fucking idea what the hell's going on. Peace.